you know, we're the last line of defense. And really, the comedians are the last uh, voice of truth in this whole thing. Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio Time! This is Sean Young on Outlaw Radio. <laughs> hey, this is Shelly Berman on Outlaw Radio. Listen, come on, listen to me or listen to Matt. It, if you like being bored, it's great for you. <laughs> it's Robert Hayes. I'm here on Outlaw Radio with Magic Matt, a.k.a. The Weasel. We are here to drink. We're here to smoke. We're here to interrupt. You may drink. You may smoke. You may interrupt. But I'm here to fuck. Live from the Lighten Up Lounge, this is Tom DeLuise saying, this is Outlaw Radio. Hi, this is Chuck Woolery at Lighten Up Lounge on Outlaw Radio. Lots of fun, guys. Be back. Two and two. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we smoke, we drink, and occasionally we bother people who look old and weak. Hi, this is Rick Dees with Magic Matt, a.k.a. Mr. Cigar, in the Lighten Up Lounge. We drink, we smoke, we... Is he the legendary actor James McEachin, or is he the dogged Lieutenant Brock in Perry Mason? Or could he be both? Jimmy Mac, when you coming back? Hello. He never left. <laughs> Jimmy Mac, as he was known in, in the music industry, and they wrote a song about him. Jimmy Mac, when no. you coming back? Jimmy, oh, Jimmy <laughs> Mac. Hey, James, you were the eventual owner of that uh, record label, right? Best? No, that, that was... Uh, that wasn't you? No, well, you know, ironically enough, I tried to get a job that, that, with, uh, uh, with Motown. Yeah. And horrors be damned. <laughs> what happened? They never let me. <laughs> Barry said no. Barry Gordy said no to James <laughs> McEachin? Yeah, hello. <laughs> well, you, so you weren't a star yet, I guess. No, when I was I was in the music business on yeah. the periphery. I was on the outskirts of it. I was yeah. trying. And I I, I had recorded. Wow. I knew I, I, I had recorded this guy. A little fellow by the name of uh, the first one to do so, incidentally. Tell yeah. the story. Read the book. It's in there. A little guy by the name of Otis Redding. No. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you didn't. Um, yeah, I did. Otis came by the house, and my um, Jackie Avery was a guy that wrote, he wrote songs with. He said, I got this guy here, and he's, he's really a. He's really a damn good singer. Yeah. We got to take a listen to him. I said, right. okay. So uh, we had a little small piano up in the house, and we couldn't afford a large one. And um, so it's. Otis opened up on a song called to, to giving me these. To, to, to it, was, it was sort of an audition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I couldn't even remember the word. Audition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm helping you here. These arms of mine, they're lonely and so blue. That was Otis. These know. arms of mine. You remember that song? Yeah. Sitting by the dock of the bay. No, or sitting was, on the dock. That, sitting on the dock of the bay didn't come until much, much. Later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huge uh, hits. But that man had a voice. But these arms of mine was a big voice too. But the, the strange thing about Otis, Otis didn't really want to be the the singer that he was. He wanted to be Jackie Wilson. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So he, he wanted to be sort of a dancer all uh, around. Oh, in the whole nine yards. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Wow. And how about how about were you were you around for that untimely friggin' death that went down, man? No, no. no I was around. But yeah, I, but my. Oh, does it left me to go to uh, uh, to Atco or Atlantic Records, and then uh, there was another label, the the, the one down. And the Memphis, Tennessee, uh, stacked. Mm. Okay, yeah, stacked been around. Yeah, yeah, was around forever. Yeah, yeah. So Otis left here, and then he uh, and, and then, then I he died. Then I bought the Furies because I had a hit record with them called. Uh, yeah, you'll never remember. Uh, you got that? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, when J- when when James McKeesey yeah, walked in, he thought he was ninety four. I mean, come on, come on now. Sing with the strings of my heart. You have uh, how Furies? Hey, how many books now? How many books have you written? Seven. That's that is quite seven? a few, man. Yeah, seven. Wow. Books. Lori, the blonde over there, Lori Nanny Jr. says seven. Seven. Yeah, it's oh, it's Lori back. She never announced herself. Is it seven? I did. <laughs> I, I want you to know. No, she's so beautiful. She's a wonderful woman. Oh yeah. boy, all women are wonderful. Oh, well, yeah, she's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been out with this guy, and I'll tell you what, oh, yeah. man. We have a little bit. The of more the wine intake in old in old Jimmy Mac, the hotter those broads become. Oh, oh yeah. And he's such he's such a charming guy yeah, yeah. that these he could talk to a, yeah it doesn't matter demographic whatever like, they love him they yeah. just love Mr. McKeeson over uh, here all How except Sandra Law uh oh oh yeah I think he just drug us into something not full circle <laughs> yeah Ooh. well the movie the movie well okay so he has a he has a much larger role in Sudden Impact the movie where Clint Eastwood uttered those words go ahead make my day and your role was supposed to be that, as I understand it, of the black dude who in real life was a gay guy who was Albert in... Albert Popwell. Albert Popwell. <laughs> I didn't who, say you were gay, Albert. No, <laughs> he's dead. Albert, oh, Albert's yeah. dead. Yes, he was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the $3 bill. $3 bill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Albert, Albert was in every one of Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry flicks. Everyone. Clint had called, they had called and asked me if I wanted to, to do it. Yeah. Right? No. But you did. You played a lieutenant. I played, yeah, but I didn't play the guy who... No, the, you yeah. didn't play the big role. Uh, no, well, no, you can't do all them jive <laughs> time. But it's Clint Eastwood. But see, I say that because that's a man that I've always wanted to meet. That's a man who was an icon, the last movie star, Clint Eastwood. The last movie star, living movie star, Clint Eastwood. But... To James McKeachin, a.k.a. Jim and Mac, <laughs> this man, he's just a buddy. He's a contemporary. He's just another guy. And as Jimmy, and please correct me if uh, if you think I'm talking too out of school here, mm-hmm. but Jimmy, years ago, I said, when I discovered that him and Clint Eastwood were best friends for many, many years, yeah. I said, you know, I'd like to meet the man. He said, well, you know, he's not really talking to me and, and these days. And by the way, and I'll tell you why in just a second. And by the way, he's boring, Matt. He's boring. You told me that. And you wonder why we're not friends anymore? <laughs> yeah. But I said, well, so what is his cocktail of choice? And you said beer. Yeah. He said he'll have a beer, right? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. When he was doing a picture called, um, what was the, 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 the pilot? Hey, hey, Laurie, it's it's James, Mike, that you want up a little louder, not whatever one you have up to no, loud. I just put yeah, James. go ahead, well, James. She's, she's working for Clint. 
Shit, keep that money. Yeah, 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 right. uh, no, Lord, what happened? It's Clint. Uh, keep his mic down. <laughs> <laughs> My last Clint Eats was story. I, I was, he was going to. The, what was the last one? About the pilot, the plane that crashed. And, uh, oh, yeah, that was a good one, man. About the uh, real-life adventure that happened he, in New York where they landed in the river. The oh, Sully. Uh, Sully. Captain Sully. Sullenberg. Sully. 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 And by the, by the way, yeah, I thought it was a really good movie, but please, continue. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Uh, he, um, I, I had a film that I wanted. To, I wanted to make this movie in the worst way called uh, The Heroin Factor. Right. And I Which said, is the na- name of one of your books, <coughs> The Heroin Factor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, because uh, it, uh, it was a good book. A damn good book, I yeah. thought. Yeah. And I needed some financing, so naturally you go to the richest guy that you know. It was Clint Eastwood. He's got a, a buck or two. Hello. Right? Yes. And he's going to keep a buck or two. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that didn't pan out. He is not going to share well, it with you know who. But what what did he say to you? So when he you, said, uh, let's he, talk about it when I go to... I'm doing a book show called Scully. Yeah, get on that mic. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, the picture called Scully. Sully. And we're shooting it at... Uh, I'm shooting at... Uh, uh, what's the other? JFK? Not not JFK. LaGuardia? LaGuardia. One of the... Teterboro. The, the smaller... The, uh, the smaller Newark. airport. Yeah. And, okay. And, and, and Newark. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, we're shooting there. And uh, I said, well, it's just strange. I'm on my way to New York. We'll have lunch. And you heard a sigh. Oh, damn. Damn. No, Clint said, we, All right. I, it's, we got around to the luncheon thing. Okay. And, um, he never showed. He never showed for lunch? Oh, no. no. He never showed up he for He never lunch. showed. And I said, I swear to God, I'll get you for that. Wow. You know. Why? Did he apologize at some point? Never saw him again after that. Son of a bitch. I can't believe yeah, that. That's what I call him. I mean, he, he, <laughs> <laughs> I mean he, he seems like an upstanding guy. He's a, he's a great-hearted guy. Yeah. He, he, he really is. Right? Yeah. So he means well. He, he means well, yeah. But didn't you ask for, not to get off the Clint Eastwood thing, but just for, for a second, uh-huh. didn't you ask uh, Steven Spielberg uh, about well, Spielberg has his level of interest? Well, Spielberg has never returned to call of mind as long as I've known him. <laughs> okay. And we worked together. He and I wrote, do you know, I don't know if you know this or not, and you're a researcher. Yeah. But S- Steven Spielberg and I wrote our first screenplay together. Wow. Wow. What was the it? The name called Chuggalug Choo Choo, which he never... Yeah. He never shot. Right. And I would go to lounge, go by his office when I could get in. Uh-huh. Okay. And yeah. say, oh, Steve, you got these these giant, these mega, mega movies here. Right. Why not, you know, the, the, the name of my, my movie was that we wrote together, and it was his first time writing, his time writing with anyone, was the Chuggalug Choo Choo, which... Wasn't one of those monumental things I did. Okay, but you wrote it together. It was, we wrote it with together. Steven Spielberg. And, okay. and I got letters from people saying, uh, We heard about that movie that you and Steve wrote. Uh, would you uh, care to make it? And I and I think I still got some old yeah. letters from people well, saying. Speaking of Spielberg. And you said, Yes, yes, of course. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you, you at yeah. one time a few years yeah. back, I know you asked. If he would be interested in funding one of your movies. Yeah, well, that was it, yeah. And it was a big, uh, not unlike, go ahead, mm-hmm. screw you. <laughs> it was the same sort of thing with mm-hmm. Spielberg, right? 
couldn't get past the front gate. <laughs> oh, no. So, Matt, speaking of Spielberg, though, when you were over at Universal. It's my brother, Mart. When you were over at Universal with Steven, you've told me this story several times. Uh-huh. So, Steven was working on a little picture called Jaws. Jaws, yeah. And okay, Jimmy, tell, Jimmy tell me walked, what happened, James. Well, well I was <laughs> shooting. I th- think I was shooting the pilot. Some, I don't know. I was over Universal because I was on the contract at Universal Studios, yeah. if you remember. And the thing about that is. Uh, Guys thought I was nuts because the, 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 the contract salary wasn't that huge. Right. But you let the fox in with the chicken. <laughs> okay. Hello. Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Universal Studios got more pilots and more shows on the air than anybody than, than God in the planet. Hell yeah! Know? It's a great place so, for James yeah, McKeachin to be. Uh, thank you. Right. That's why I did all those shows? I mean, you know, the show would come up to get Jimmy to do it. So concerning I, Jaws, it was about the time he was filming Jaws. He, he right? was filming Jaws, and I said, and then Steve said, "Don't you think it'd be a good idea?" Uh, if I had the train doing this, no, no, the the the, the uh, jump, shark, the short. Yeah. The reason why I mentioned train because yeah. he had a train yeah. that ran around. You, okay, uh, that the shark was on. Is that what you're saying? I think he's talking about the tram. Oh, the, the tram? The, no, no, it was the it was a, no. a toy train. A toy train in his office. Toy train. Oh, toy oh okay. Train. Boy, we're yeah. both wrong. Okay. We're all wrong. Yeah. So what? Yes. Because Steve like toys. Uh, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so you but I never script. got any. I never, you know, yeah. because uh, I thought maybe I could do one of the roles in the picture, you know. Yeah. Uh, Didn't you give him advice about the shark? Well, he said make it meaner. Uh, about the mechanical yeah. shark? Actually, the, the guy that did that, I, I did, was and on that, but the, the, the Sid Sheinberg, was the one who thought that the shark... Hold, hold on a second. How do I know him? I know him through... Is this John Barry? A dead, a dead buddy of mine. Uh, giant at Universal Studios. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I know him he through... Right Lou Wasserman. You know, all, all my good buddies, man, are are 100 years old or dead. And Sid... And Sid... <laughs> thank, thank God. Thank God. And Sid I met through uh, Bert Randolph Sugar, the boxing guru, my buddy of many, many years. We had dinner together at Musso and Frank's. Mm. That's how I know Sid, uh, who, by the way, has since passed, of course, because okay. he'd be 120. Yeah. But, yeah. Not to interrupt you, but you got to forgive me because yeah. my memory, I well, have what, what um, you could call the... Uh, 92-year-old? No, the Bruce Willis syndrome. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, you don't really uh, have that, do you? No, I, I, I can't help it now. But <laughs> Dropping names around and misplacing people. But but when it came to the mechanical shark in Jaws, yeah, did did you not think it should be bigger or meaner or something? Oh yeah, and it should be because he had this yeah. train going. Yeah, and, and the shark has got to be doing this because I had one of them fanciful imaginations. <laughs> he had it all, he, when Jimmy told us he had it all like not not pussy but he had like a, yeah. a nice little. He goes, no, make that shark eat people. And, yeah, and, I, and I can't remember because he, he, there was something else about the, there was the music that that that, uh, that yeah. Steve wanted, you know, because he's uh, Steve was a very very creative person, right? But if you go to him the same way with Clint to say, let me have a couple to, uh, <laughs> a couple shekels, little, uh, little funds here to try to help me lighten the load. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. You know. So they're cheap bastards. Okay. Uh, well, you know that's uh, that's and, a, then, and, and then so many other stories, but they're so complicated I can't even get into them. Like what. Uh, 
Uh, well, Sandra, back in the Valley Day, the, the old San Fernando Valley, you and Clayton should run around the fireside. No, yes, indeed. There we go. Hello. There's a, and uh, then uh, I said something yeah. uncomplimentary. Well, about. hold on. Let, let's take you. Let's take you Shut back. the stage, Matt. Take you back to the to the dive bar. They called them the uh, uh, potato peelers. Hello. Yeah, and let me explain why. The the dive bar in the Valley, known as the Fireside Inn, yeah, was was. Was the joint where the the a lot of really hot broads who were married to the huge mucky mucks at the studios, yeah. MGM and all the biggies, they would go there during lunchtime <laughs> looking for a little hobbledy boobledy bobbledy and so so these guys, like a James McEachin and a, me, and a Clint Eastwood, would be there around noontime when the potato peelers would be in that bar. And one day, Clint is standing there with James McEachin, and some broad walks in, in the bar, and James, because he's always the diplomat, he uttered the words, wow, what a dog. Who's that? Okay, what a dog. Who's that dog? Right? A few minutes later, that dog walks up to Clint and he hugs her and kisses her. Oh, good to see you. It was a planned meeting. That was Clint Eastwood's chick. And and so and things were never. Don't call your lawyers. But it's true. It's true, right, James? Oh, he was a man. Get on the mic. I never. We used to go to get on the mic. Together. Get over oh, here. Yeah, yeah. I was so kicked back. You, you took me back to that lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was back in the fireside. Hello. Well, this, this is not unlike the lounge, the Bring fireside. That bevy on. I think you guys were shooting. You were actually shooting one of the Any Which Way movies, the Any Which Way But Loose movies, and you said after that, <laughs> he wasn't allowed on the bus to ride with. Clint uh, oh the, yeah, right. Well, yeah, well, well, because of, because of Miss. You know, Locke. Oh, yeah. Locke, Locke said he's not allowed to ride. No, no, no. no, no. She, she didn't want me to ride on a bus, though. No. Yeah, they, yeah, they didn't get along. They, Sandra no, Locke. Not no, not at all. Because I said something rather uncomplimentary. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I must tell you. James McKeeson, you were pretty spot on about her, man. And it turns out that the man that gave her her career and a gazillion dollars ends up suing him and taking him to court. The man that put her on the friggin' Hollywood showbiz map. That always blew my mind. So if he would have listened to you, but us guys, by the way, we will never listen to anyone, man or woman, telling telling us the bad things about the woman in our life, we don't listen. It has to be proven. Right? I mean, because we're dumb guys, and we go, oh, which way did he go? Women, though, they'll listen. They'll listen to their chicks, even when the, their friends are wrong. Yeah, you're still toast. Oh, you're still no. toast. Yeah. Even when yeah. they're wrong, because these broads who are throwing their guy under the bus will be the first one in bed with their guy when they break up. I bet you're right. That's, That's true. Yeah. That, that is like Paul Staples. Yeah. <laughs> 
that? Yeah, what's wrong with that, Paul? <laughs> Paul. Paul Staples, the great special effects. Oh, he was Pirate. wonderful. Oh, hey, wait, speaking of special effects, yes. James, tell him the story about the flag in your movie. We, we, he says we had a big American flag. He had a big American flag. He was a phenomenal special effects guy. We need the flag to wave and it's up on a 40 foot pole. So, what did you do to make that happen? I don't know. He did it. Yeah. Put a Ritter fan up on a 20 foot forklift. Earlier in the beginning. Well, I need it. Not obviously. He rolled the camera. Reveille? Was it that one? No, before the one after Reveille. Until the last dog died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I call Paul, and Paul, you say, Paul, I need to borrow 20 bucks. He'll find 25. He's yeah, that, no, no, that's that Paul Staples. He's a good man. Like, how did I get here today? Yeah, yeah. You, nah, you, I got to be nice to him. Yeah, because that. he's your right back, no, right? He's also a pain. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I borrow 25 bucks? <laughs> no, no. no I'm expecting 40. Paul, no, you have to ask for 20. I you'll get 25. Get on the mic, James. If you go, excuse me. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, no, no I'm apologies, though. I'm used to uh, lounging. <laughs> <laughs> Paul said, uh, "I said, Paul, I need a flag." Yeah, and he said, "I'll get you a flag. What kind do you need?" But he got all of the what I wanted and everything like that. And what do you want to do with it? Put it on top of the building. I want the flag to blow a little bit. Right, it's patriotic. It talks about soldiers, the military. Yeah. It talks about America, which I will always Yes. I'll die being a fan of this yep. great country. Oh, man. So, Paul, and the wind was blowing, and whatever. Paul said, I'll, I'll fix you up with that. I wanted it to blow. And then Paul said, I'll fix it up for you. He rolled the camera, panned the camera over. and Get God, on that mic, Paul. He, he, he put the camera on, rolled the camera, panned it over. And God picked the flag up and made it wave like like in the movies. Cool. And James says that was Paul. It's amazing. How'd you do that? I said, it didn't have anything to do with it, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was unbelievable. The wow. It was un- un- unbelievable. It was and then I, the, we shot the scene in the cemetery. Oh, yeah. And I think we I asked coffin. you about something about a dead body, yeah, which said, I was playing. He, he yeah. says, uh, we need a coffin. So I got a coffin. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. right. Guys. So we had to, Jim had to be in a coffin. And I brought my little girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And, uh, Who should have been in a coffin? Little humor there. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> See, this is how you lost Clint Eastwood as a friend. <laughs> same, same crap. <laughs> no, we did a some, some amazing stuff for $4 on that film. I love it. nice, though. It was cool. No, you're great. Well, some also uh, Perry Mason was an interesting show to shoot. It was a highly prestigious show, of course. And Dean Hargrove, the producer of that show, uh, liked to keep his unit t- together. All of it, the people, the people he worked for, the actors, and and the crew people. And Paul, being a member of the of the, of the crew, uh, w- would always show up. He was very responsible and everything like that. But one day, one of the directors came on the show, and he wanted to blow up a building. And you had enough smoke coming from that building. That this <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was... Uh, uh, See, you uh, remember Chris, it. Chris Nyby Jr. Yeah, Chris Nyby Jr. Nyby. So what he, a wonderful director. He overdoes it then, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a pyrotechnic. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, want, you want smoke? I got smoke for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Smoke like but it's important with the guys that you work with on the crew that you get to know them. Or yeah. They get to know you. Yeah. Like, Paul didn't really want to come down when we were at the bar having a drink. But you knew, he, did you know at that time that Paul Staples was... Was not some sniveling idiot. Hello, left, left right, feet, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You knew he wasn't an American hater, piece of crap, right? You right. knew that. 
Okay, great, great I, quote. I, I think I did. You know you, I'm yeah. not sure you know about it. Well, by no, the way, if, if you don't know that, you do know that now. Yeah. We'll be this after back. A lot to get to on Outlaw. Trapped in a dive bar on the politically incorrect side of the tracks. Radio from the Hollywood Fringe. Smoking, drinking, interrupting. Outlaw Radio with Magic Matt Allen. Cleaning my rifle and dreaming of you. Scratching your audio itch every Saturday. Drinking, smoking, interrupting. Outlaw Radio.